Ladies and gentlemen, we are live, coming to you from the internet. Introducing first, with a professional record of a five-star rating, and the future winners of the Fight Pick Championship, Ricky Reed, Buddy Harlow, the MMA Marks Podcast. What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you doing? This is MMA Marks coming right at you. Two guys that love to mark out on all things MMA. I'm your host, Ricky, and it's always I'm with my co-host, Buddy. What's up, Bud? You smoking meth yet? <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that made the intro, but yeah, we're just quoting some dumb shit. <laughs> oh, that shit was great. <laughs> but yeah, um, the meth is good around here, man. <laughs> I bet it is. I bet it is. Holy shit, what a fucking crazy Saturday. Man, the Fight Pick Championship is back in full swing. We got some big moves going on up in our competition. And Saturday night, the fight night at the Apex Arena. Vegas opened back up for the UFC. We got Tyron Woodley taking on Gilbert Burns in the main event. Man, what a fight. What do you got to say about the card as a whole, dude? How you feeling? Uh, Well, as a whole... I, I don't think I had many fights that I didn't that I didn't enjoy. Yeah. Let me let me see. Let me see. I'm just gonna look down real real quick. Yeah, all the fights pretty much paid off. Even the ones that won the decision were pretty fucking uh pretty pretty good to watch. Maybe the main event of the prelims, the Chukagan versus Shiftanko. I didn't really give a shit about that fight too much. Ooh, I like that name, Shiftanko. Fuck you, that meth has been hitting me hard lately. <laughs> Go ahead. So, yeah, maybe that fight was the sleeper of the night or whatever. But oh, the co-main? The- you didn't think the co-main wasn't a sleeper? I mean, come on, oh, man. Oh, okay, fucking. So, it's so shit. That fight was so shitty that I forgot it happened. Wow. Because... <laughs> I I literally and people that watch the fight with me can can fucking tell y'all I this is, I said what fight's coming up next? Oh, Ivanov versus Sake or Saki, whatever the fuck his name is, and and I was like, all right, time to go make some waffles. <laughs> I came back, ate my waffles, and then looked up and I'm like, oh, the fight's over. Oh, you got lucky. I mean, it, the thing was, it wasn't horrible. I mean, they didn't just stand there and do nothing. It was a back-and-forth exchange, but it just wasn't up to an ex- up to par as an exciting fight. It was like a shitty fight that had action. It was the weirdest thing. Like, I, did, I wasn't invested at all. I didn't care who won. And yeah. as a co-main event, you, you gotta get me invested. And it just didn't happen. For sure. And, like, you know, the fight in, in itself, like... I I predicted a first round knockout, fucking stupid. Because literally <laughs> before the fight even happened, right before the fight even happened, I knew it was gonna be a fucking snoozer. Yeah. Like I was just like that, that's why I literally decided I was like, yo, I'm hungry as a bitch. I'm about to go make something. Yeah. On that fight, and I, you know, I don't like to miss many fights at all. And that fight, I didn't give a fuck about missing. I and, I, and I'm, I'm not I'm not upset that I missed it. I hear you. So real quick, let's go over what happened in the main event. Real quick. I mean, we don't have to get into details. 
But, I mean, Gilbert Burns, Tyron Woodley, how did that fight play out for you? Were you uh, satisfied with the result? Were you excited? How did you feel, man? Yeah. Okay, so Burns did work like I knew he would, right? Damn right. But Woodley is he's done, dude. I mean, he's either got to change up his style or get the fuck out, bro. Now, come that, on, come on. Now, now come on. We, do you really think he's done? I mean, he was the most winningest champion f- back in the day. And, I mean... Bro, he's he's got to change up his style. He's there's, only there's, fought elite fighters from, like, day three. I mean, do you know he, why? Do you know why Burns didn't finish him? Why is that? Because Woodley stayed so inactive, it was it, it makes it too hard to finish. I mean, all he was doing was basically surviving. You know? Yeah, I get you. I get you. Well, what we're gonna start this whole fight card off right. We're gonna start from the bottom, work our way all the way back up to the main event. But really quick, I have to say hats off to the cornerman, the cut man for Tyron Woodley. When that cut happened above his eyebrow, I thought the fight was going to be called the next round. But because that motherfucker was deep and wide over his eyebrow, that cut. And it was bleeding like crazy. And then he goes to his corner, gets, gets his cut looked at, taken care of, and it never bled after that. Unbelievable. Crazy shit. Hell yeah. All right, so let's go down and start this whole night off right. We have Chris Gutierrez taking on Vince Morales to start off the night. It's a 145-pound fight, man. How did you like that shit? Chris looks fucking amazing, dude. I mean, them leg kicks was on point, and that literally shut Morales down. It was all His legs looked like Swiss cheese. They were knotted up so bad, dude. Chris just kept... Kicking him and kicking him and kicking him. Oh, my God. Those calves and those knees. His cat, Vince Morales' knees and calves looked like a, a gravel road. It was so knotted up and bruised up by the end of it. And it only made it to round two before he just couldn't take no more than leg kicks. Good God, that was bad. I think they said it was the 11th in UFC history uh, leg kick stoppage. Yes, and... and- Gutierrez wanted the leg stoppage because he kicked him to the ground and he could have finished him on the ground because he was punching him in the face and he was letting it happen. But he said, nah, I'm going to let him stand back up and I'm going to finish him with these leg kicks. And man, that was a good call by Gutierrez. So um, who did you, you had Gutierrez in the first round for that. And I thought it would go all the way to decision. Man, we were both a little off there but yeah i mean it was it was a great win and it was a great performance hell so, yeah man you can't be too mad about it and uh, it, it it looked like he like at one point when he just couldn't stand on his leg he like fell and everything oh my it, god it, they could have stopped it there he was really. letting the cage hold him up yeah i mean they, they could have stopped that fight a little earlier but i guess they wanted it they put the stamp on it so i'm not mad i'm not mad that they kept it going yeah yeah i'll take it so next we had lewis schmolka taking on casey kenny um, this kind of went kind of like how I, how I expected. I didn't expect a submission win. Uh, Casey Kenny gets it done with, uh, uh, via submission round one with the guillotine choke. How did, how did you like that fight, man? Oh, he, it, it was good, man. I mean, the, 
Smoker did not. Um, he didn't disappoint me. I, I was. Smoker did not look like he was ready for Ken- Kenny though. He just didn't look good, man. He got caught really good. Yeah. Like he was, he was getting caught on the st- in, in the in the in the striking, and and then he got uh, choked out. Yeah. Or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, he went in for I think it was like a shot or something, and got caught in a guillotine, and that's all she wrote. But like I said, even in the even in the striking, I remember thinking like Smoker just looked like he was not ready for him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he didn't he didn't like. It's a weird it's a weird thing. Like he didn't come out flat like I thought he would. He came out game for fighting. But he just wasn't on the level of Casey Kenny yet. He just wasn't there. So, Casey Kenny takes a submission win round one. Moving on, we got Jamal Hill taking on. No, no, no. Next was Tim Elliott. Oh, Tim Elliott. Sorry, I skipped one. Tim Elliott taking on Brandon Royval. Now, Brandon Royval is making his debut in this whole thing. And he's taking on Tim Elliott in a 125 pound pipe. And, uh,. Brandon Royval comes out with the win here. Submission round two. How did you think this fight went down, man? Oh, bro. So, if you don't remember, I think I I said first round armbar or or submission, whatever. You said first round submission, Brandon uh, Royval. Exactly. But I was fucking very surprised. Tim Elliott was grappling the shit out of fucking Royval in that first round. This fight had. I mean, he. This but, fight was a jujitsu's man's dream match almost. Like, well, he was just like tossing Royvel. Really, I mean, he was just he was he was manhandling Royvel in the first round. He he was manhandling him. He was powering through moves, and 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 Royvel Royvel didn't like get emotional, which was awesome to see. And he, he weathered the storm, and then he and he came through in the second round and, and did it. So it just it showed. Um, not only does he have the skills and the, but he also has the patience to wait it out too. Thank, yeah, that was that was a very very good patience and very good pick your shots kind of person with Brandon Royval. Um Tim Elliott, I mean, I like the guy. He he's he's fun to watch. He's definitely uh, belongs in the UFC as far as caliber of fighter. But it seemed like he was really thrown off by no audience or no fans and, and just the quietness of the arena. Was he, he thrown off when Figueredo choked him out right away in the first round? True. When there was a, when there was a crowd? I get that. But, like, he, he, he audibly said in his corner, it's too fucking quiet in here. And And for somebody who just got out of the first round... That's what you're worried about is how quiet it is. I don't know if he was just being really present in the moment or his mind wasn't on the fight. But that's his words when he was getting off the stool was, man, it's too fucking quiet in here. Huh. So Tim Lee gets uh, gets gets uh, choked out via arm triangle. And it was a now I, I will say the setup to this was perfect was almost perfect almost perfect brandon royval takes the back of tim elliott tim elliott hips out tries to spin away and brandon uh brandon kind of surfs him and lets him twist and as he twists he falls right into an arm triangle sinks it up perfect good night 
Good shit, man. So, yeah, man. It was it was a good fight. Great fight, man. Hell yeah. That actually got fight of the night from uh, Dana, which is cool. Mm. Uh, moving on, we have a 155-pound fight with Jamal Hill taking on uh, uh, Klitz and Abreu. Now, what did you think about this fight uh, and old oven mitts coming through? Jamal Hill is a scary fucking dude, man. Jamal. He's going to... He's going to be making waves in the light heavyweight division, bro. Hell yeah, he is, man. Coming at people like that. He's like, he's like, it's like st- stiff, but not stiff. Like his, his movements. It just seems super technical and powerful. It was very intentional. It was very, like. Yeah, like it, robotic almost in a weird way. He knew, he knew the sequence of what he wanted to do before he even set foot in the cage. He's yeah. like, I'm going to come over. One, two, three. Grab him in a clinch, knee him in the stomach, punch him, punch him, punch him. Fight's going to be over. It's like he already knew that before they even called his name. It was <coughs> it was damn good fight right there. That mouth is good, isn't it? Isn't it good? Yeah. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! MMA maths. <laughs> You're so sick. So fucked up, man. All right, but uh, old Jamal Hill has two. The tattoos on his chest just drive me nuts, man. They look like two oven mitts with thumbs ups across his chest. I mean, it is a darker skinned guy with tattoos. It ain't. It ain't like it's the easiest tattoos to see for me. I mean, maybe you notice it more, like you got a better eye for it, but I don't even see the bitches. It's the first thing I see. I cannot help it because they're so noticed. Like, they they just, they highlight everything for me. It's like I see his eyes, and then I see his big-ass oven mitt tattoos. (laughs) I'm not going to say oven mitt titties. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, we ain't in the heavyweights yet. (laughs) But Jamal Hill takes the win, first-round KO, he knees him to the body and then punches the shit out of him. One, two, drops the guy. Uh, Abreu just looked like he wasn't even on his level. Kind of looks like he almost didn't belong in that yeah, competition. He, he, definitely out of his element, man. He wasn't ready for him at all. Right. And uh, following that up, next we had uh, Gabe Green taking on Daniel Rodriguez. All right. Um, just... This would be one of the one of either this one or the Spike Carlisle Quarantillo would be fighting night for me. Real okay, okay. So you think what, uh, what did you think fighting night was? Fighting night for me had to be uh, Spike Spike Carlisle and Brandon uh, Quarantillo. I mean you, that fight was you, you didn't, just you didn't hold this crazy. fight as high. Not as high. I love this look. The reason I didn't hold this fight as high is because Gabe Green is a guy taking this fight on very short notice, moving up a weight class to take it on top of it, and he fought like Homer Simpson. Like, he fought like the old Justin Gaethje, where he walks in and lets you hit him, so he, he'll he take four to get one, which isn't really that that good. And but you, it's it's like exciting and it's like it, it's it's it shows toughness and it's 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 a it's fight in the night type of shit. Oh, I agree. When guys are just landing a lot. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. But when 
I, I like a battle. I like I, I don't want somebody to just take take punishment to to give punishment and then get you know get outpointed that way because the first round yeah that's exciting the second round it kind of falls off by the third round it's like oh you you know what's going to happen yeah i mean so basically the name of the game was gabe was a wild striker just trying to find his knockout or whatever yeah and rodriguez was very technical in, in in his striking and just picking them apart. Rodriguez looked sharp, man. He looked exactly. Really, I mean, really he sharp. just. I mean, some of the combos were fucking magnificent. And and it was it was you could almost pinpoint the the point where Gabe was like, "This guy will never knock me out." Am I wrong? Am I, I thought he was like mixing in elbows with his combos too, or am I wrong? Who Dan? Who Rodriguez? Yeah, yeah. I he, almost thought he, like he came in with like a. He would like, only like when, a like a straight, then a jab, then an elbow or something. And well that, as the guy was like moving away, and it was like a weird clash. Well, what would happen would 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 be that Gabe Gabe Green would collapse the pocket to to nullify the reach because Daniel Rodriguez had such a reach advantage over him, and he was using it perfectly. He yeah. would try to collapse that pocket so he would get in there and hit him in the body, and then move to the head. Well, when he would hit him in the body and then he would go to move to the head, Gabe Green would do a fadeaway kind of hook. And as he was fading away, uh, Rodriguez would close that distance and hit him with an elbow after after the combo. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. That shit was fucking cool, man. And it was like, I was like, how is this? Like, this? they both were taking some shots, bro. Oh, I man, mean, it made him look I'm so not saying, sharp. I'm not saying Gabe Green didn't. didn't it, this fight was not exactly one sided. I mean, it 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 really it really did get back and forth. It was it was like, damn, is he gonna knock out Rodriguez? I mean, for the most part, it it was Rodriguez winning, but yeah, Gabe was Gabe was being fucking felt by you know what I mean? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I feel that. I I, I kind of can't wait to see what Gabe Green comes to when he's in in his real weight class with a full camp. Oh man, that's gonna be a really good fight whoever he fights at 155 because i think if he was down his weight at his right weight class with a full camp man his toughness and his grit and his determination to win oh man that's gonna be a great thing with this fight i think both fighters stock actually went up like twofold because with with d-rod he looks so sharp with his jabs and his cross excuse me and um, hooks with to the elbows as he closed pockets and made footwork work for him he's got he's he's got to have a jump up in competition to move on and Gabe Green just looked like a, a, a tough son of a bitch just great he, man now let me ask you this Daniel Rodriguez seems a bit flabby do you think that he could cut down the 155 as well though It'd be a tough cut. It'd be a tough cut, but like, I think he, he could do it. If he got his shit in order, man, and he just became like a muscle-bound dude. Oh yeah, th- he could. It wouldn't. I mean, he would probably have to be a one fifty-five er. He he could if he if he took the time to diet and cut right. It would take some time, but he could cut down to that. That's what I'm saying. Either way, like he's he's definitely like he's he's not exactly in the weight class that most typical fighters would be in because because he's not in, he's not in like immaculate shape. Right. He's a tall guy though. He's very tall. 
But he has a little flab to him. He does. He does. He has some fat to lose. So I'm, th- I'm thinking if there was a 165 division, he would be perfect for it. That would be a perfect fit for D-Rod would be a 165 guy. I think with that flab, I think if he got his nutrition involved, uh, nutrition nutrition in order, I think I honestly diet. think that he would end up cutting down to one fifty five. If he's already making one seventy, looking like that, hell yeah, man, I'm I'm down with that. I want to see that rematch. You know I mean let them both have a full camp, bring run it back, see what happens. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. So, at the end of the night, though, uh, Daniel Rodriguez was looking really sharp. And he took it via decision, unanimous decision. I mean, because Gabe just, like I said, he took four to get one, and it just, the numbers added up after a while. So moving on, we have uh, <laughs> Billy Quarantillo taking on Spike Carlisle. No, 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 no. This is uh, Caitlin Kuchega. Ch- oh, Ch- oh Ch- that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. That, that was the original. That was the original order. Moving on. Yeah. That fight got moved to the main card, and now Chukagan, Caitlin Chukagan and Antonina Sevchenko is the main event for the prelims, and that happened next. And, man, what did you think of this fight? I just want to get your first impressions of this fight. Uh, Shevchenko? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she just seemed kind of, like, lost or something. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Once she she's, put her on the ground, it was it was curtain. It's it's like she's kind of just I don't know how to explain it. Like she had no ur- no sense of urgency at all whatsoever. You know, but neither Caitlyn didn't have much either though. Chukay, this is what I don't understand. Like Chukagan took her down and was just roughing her up, roughing her up. But she would rough her up, not almost to the point of being. St- Excuse me. Almost to the point of being stopped. Bless you, motherfucker. That's right. Thank you, my son. (laughs) All right. So, Chukagan would would, uh, mount her, take her back, almost choke her out in the first round. And when that didn't happen, I think she burnt out her arms and she just didn't know how to finish. She was throwing punches. Chukagan was throwing punches to Shevchenko and just dinging her on the ground but it wasn't enough to stop the fight um now to Shevchenko's credit she was defending quite well I mean she was getting fucked up but she was defending enough that you didn't stop the fight and this went on this just kept going on and on it was more of the same as round two progressed and round three progressed so in the end Chukagan gets a unanimous decision and Shevchenko's face this morning, or I should say the following morning, Sunday morning, looked like looked like she just scraped it into the street off of a motorcycle accident. It just looked fucked up. She was all scraped up, dude. It looked so bad. Oh, yeah, and um, one thing I was going to say, like, to me, you know, because you kind of reminded me of some of the fight, the most exciting part of that fight altogether was literally the fact that Shevchenko somehow did not get choked out because it looked like that choke was completely sinked in. It was it was sunk in pretty damn deep, but the only thing is that um, Chukagan didn't go to gable grip. She stuck with that L up grip where you grab the inside of your elbow 
and Shevchenko was able to isolate one arm, so she was choking. So essentially, Chukagin was choking Antonina with one arm, and and you can kill, you can get a, you can get a choke that way, but it, it not on an elite athlete. It's going to be really difficult. Yeah, but it, I was just saying that that's probably the most exciting part of the fight. Oh yeah, yes, for sure it was because we were so all saying it was kind of, of seats, Like, is she gonna tap? Is she gonna tap? Oh my gosh, she's gonna tap! Oh my god, but she didn't. And and do you think that the fact that Antonina didn't have her sister in her corner that that affected her game plan or her game entirely? It's possible. I mean. I, Really though, um, we everybody always known that she's she's the lesser of the two sisters. Yeah, because she doesn't have a ground game. I don't understand that. If I was Antonina, I would be on my ground game. I would be taking jujitsu classes as fast as I could, like at least get some takedown defense or something to make it work. Not just sit there and do nothing. I, I just don't get that. How when when she gets on the ground, she literally looks like a deer in headlights. She does not know what to do. Yeah, I it mean is. that's it's exactly. It's like she just coasts. Yeah, she's like, okay, we're here now. I'll let you have let you do what you want, and I'll just try not to die. Yeah, and that's that's no way to that's no way to live. <laughs> that's no way to live your fight career. <laughs> so after that, we have this great fight. Between Mackenzie Dern and Hannah Cyphers. This is a strawweight fight. And Mackenzie Dern actually made fucking weight. Couldn't believe it. I was more shocked about her making weight than the end of this fight. So what did you think about this fight, sir? Uh, I think that I gave Cyphers way too much credit by thinking that she would last the whole round. Because this is the fight. This is the fight for championship. Uh, this is the first one. Oh yes, and this is. That's true. So I only got fifteen because I thought Cyphers would last another round. Yeah. Well, now, now this is what I don't understand. Like Hannah Cyphers is she's not a stupid fighter. She's she understands the game. She know what she knew what Mackenzie Dern was about. She understood it. And when it came time, she took it down. And Mackenzie Dern doesn't have great stand-up. I mean, it's not completely horrible, but it, it's it's the worst part of her game. So when she went to the ground, I don't know why Hannah Cyphers engaged with her. Like, all you had to do was back up. You weren't in a guard. You weren't, you weren't well, even... Well, Mackenzie was actually winning the fucking striking. She, she clipped her a couple times, but, I mean, you could see that the only thing that Hannah had to do was back off and let let Cyphers or let um Dern kinda come to her. I think if that would have happened, it would have it would have made for a, a better fight entirely. But what happened was when she went to the ground, Cyphers engaged with her, she got her leg wrapped up into a knee bar and she didn't know what to do. She didn't know how to defend it. She didn't know it was it was just she let she let things happen too fast, and there was nothing she could do at that point. Yep, she. Now that fucking just everybody expected she, the outcome it happened, which exactly what most people expected. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, we all everybody knew that Mackenzie Dern is a jiu-jitsu phenom, and she was coming in for that first-round submission. And that's what we got. We got a first-round submission. I didn't think it would be a knee bar. I thought it was going to be like a choke or something. But uh, Mackenzie Dern does does come out with uh, the first first-round submission in UFC history. And uh, she got she got a nice little fight bonus on top of this. She got the submission of the night bonus, and I actually agree with it. Okay, why? How many submissions was there? Uh, total tonight, there's one, two, three, four submissions. We have really? the, we have the Casey Kenny with oh, uh, yeah. the guillotine. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Brandon Royval with the arm triangle. We have Mackenzie Dern. With the knee yeah, bar. that's probably the best one. And then um, next fight up, we have a 155-pound fight. Roosevelt Roberts taking on Brock Weaver. This fight ends in a second-round rear naked choke. What did you think of this fight? Man, it, it went... It just shows, like... So I'm, I'm confused, like, is, is, is Brock Weaver bad... Or is Roosevelt Roberts just like getting more and more better as we go? I mean, he's that's what it kind of seems like to me. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't. And I'm not saying Brock Weaver is great, but I'm just saying I think that I think Roosevelt Roberts is really somebody to fucking watch, and uh, I think that he's gonna get a lot better. I think Brock Weaver. We were talking about this on the on the um. What's that called again? Knights of the Fight Table. Fights, Fights of, of the, the Round Table, son. Fights of the Round Table. Yeah, we, we do that uh, right after the fights with Lat B MMA. And, uh, but anyway, we were saying that Brock Weaver probably has one more fight to see if he belongs in the UFC or not. Yeah, I... I you were, you're already ready to get rid of him, but me and, me and E was saying, right? Look, look, what I've seen from Brock Weaver is that he lacks a jab. He, he lacks footwork and he lacks uh, K or fight IQ he he is a brawler in the best sense of the word like he comes in he has a great gimmick he has he has star power you want to watch him but when he when the big lights are on and it's time to perform he's not technically sound enough to perform at the elite level he's just not he needs to mm-hmm. go back. He needs to get a new camp or a new a, a real fight camp to to hone in these skills that he has cuz you can use that brawling skill to to his advantage if he could work it right. And I think if he had a better teacher, a better coach, maybe a better team to 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 hone these skills, he could be something. But as of right now, if he keeps on the path that he is I'm I'm say that he's not gonna win his next fight no matter who it is, and uh, th- we're gonna see uh, three and out from Brock and he's out of here. Yeah, well, mm. it I, I'm really looking forward to Roosevelt Roberts' next fight because oh I'm, I'm thinking that he's he's quickly becoming a a better like that t- that ten and one looks really good. Oh my god, he's super sharp. He he pieced out Brock Weaver like. Like you wouldn't believe. I mean, the one twos, the one and it fours. Was, I mean, it was uh, Matt Fravola that he wants to fight because of uh, him beating that guy. Ooh, that'd be a nice fight. Remember, remember, I was like, oh yeah, and he was talking about he wanted to help you know beat somebody's ass because they because they beat his boy's ass. Yeah, 
That's who it was. Oh, so he, he keeps Rola asking for Rola. that fight because the way Matt Favola did, uh, oh, shit, Ju- Julian Lane. I mean, not Julian Lane. Uh, Jalen <laughs> Turner. Jalen Turner. Jalen. Oh, okay. Matt Favola, like, dog Jalen Turner to one fight. Okay. And then ever since then, Roosevelt Roberts is like, I'm coming for you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Roosevelt Roberts looks damn good with his striking, and he looks very patient. And uh, he didn't he didn't jump on the kill um, quite as fast as I thought he would, which is a good thing. He showed composure, which is very... Very nice to see in a fight. Oh, and they were talking mad shit to one another in that fight too. Oh, I'm I'm sure they were. Yeah, because after now, no, nah, people could hear it. I I didn't personally hear it, but my boy was telling me he was listening because I was streaming at the time and watching the fights. Uh huh. But he was saying that he was like saying like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you." They're gonna need to call a medic or something. <laughs> I'm gonna say some shit like that, bro. Now, now after the rear naked choke happened and uh, Roberts is getting up. He looks at Brock Weaver and, like, says something to him and points at him. And I'm not real good at reading lips, so I could be wrong. But it looked like he said, blah, 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 little bitch, and then walked away. I don't know if that's true or not. I I wish I could see it again to, like, really try to read his lips. But he was pointing at him and saying something and then said something and then got up. And... It it looked like he said well, a little bit. He was bit. mad that he missed weight. Oh yeah, that's right. Brock Weaver gonna come weight. in. Off and, weight. And also, people wanted him to get his ass up because of all the dog abuse accusations. So what if that guy is like a real big dog lover and he's just mad as fuck? For all my dogs, you motherfucker. You be dog. You be fucking up dogs. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got a pit bull at home, motherfucker. I kill you. <laughs> It's for Rover and Kibble, yo. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm I'm real excited. I I don't know who Roosevelt Roberts fights again, but I think I think he's somebody to fucking watch. Oh hell yeah! I want to see him and Paul Felder take a take take fight one another. Take fight. Let's take fight. <laughs> take fight. Take a fight with one another. You know what I meant. <laughs> Would you like to take flight? <laughs> No, I don't so, want none of your meth. You just keep all that over to you. <laughs> so, so the next fight is a catchweight fight, and oh, you believe yeah. is the is the fight of the night. Yeah, I maybe mean, the fact that it was a catchweight fight kind of also put a bad stamp on it. They didn't want that to be the fight of the night. Yeah, but I mean, you gotta you got you gotta call a spade a spade. All right, that fight was. One wild ass crazy person taking on a fighter, and and who the hell, who the hell gets up in the middle of a fight and walks away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you heard that ten second clap or whatever, and he's and like, just "All like, right, all right, we're done," and just walks away. And do you see the, the thing is, if you watch it back, watch the referee the whole time, like. When he gets up and walks away, the ref's like, what are you doing? And then he, like, trying to follow him. And as he's following him, you see Quarantello get up and run at him. <laughs> and he's like, fight to the bell! Fight to the bell! Fight to oh. <laughs> Quarantello comes with a big-ass left hook right to the head. 
<laughs> yeah, like you gotta love moments like that. You, oh that guy's God. a fucking weirdo. He as soon as he came out and kicked him in his fucking face, like a front kick. Yeah, like he was kicking in a door. So we're talking. If y'all, if I, I'm sorry, we didn't cue this up right. But we're talking about the fight between Billy Quarantillo and Spike Carlisle. Spike Carlisle is by far the strangest person I've ever seen in a UFC ring. <laughs> And Billy Quarantino just threw, threw the bad card to fight him. <laughs> but he was he was a completely wild person. As soon as the bell rings, this Spike Carlisle comes booking at him like he's running down a track and kicks him like he's trying to kick in a door like he's the police. Hits this guy in the face. He turns him sideways. And then they just start brawling back and forth, back and forth. And and the fight just goes on from there. And, I mean, it's reversal after reversal after transition <laughs> after transition. I mean, this was like one big scramble in the first round. And then as, as the whole fight starts to come down or calm down, Spike Carlisle's on top in Billy Quarantillo's full guard, and he's punching him. And then you hear the clap, clap for 10 seconds. Well, uh... Spike Carlisle's like, oh, that's the round, and just stands up and walks away. Well, Billy Quarantillo gets up and runs at him and just cold cocks him. <laughs> As he's turning into it. As he's, he's turning like, into it. It's like you couldn't write that shit if you were trying to film a movie. It was crazy. Just, the whole That fight just felt weird, but it was awesome. Yeah. And, and then as the... So that happened in just round number one. Now, round number two... He was. It was more of the same. It was just more craziness, and I mean, Spike Quarantello is trying to like jump on him and and roll into him, do Granby rolls, grabbing legs, and just astro, just out there moves that you just don't see in a normal MMA fight or 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 a conservative MMA fight. You just see these outlandish moves where he's rolling and he's. <laughs> And his cardio held up pretty fucking good. That was cool, too. And then Billy Quarantillo tries to calm him down and use his jujitsu as he pulls him into his guard, gets a triangle, and Spike Carlisle has these braids, these red fucking braids, and just pulls out of it. And I think the braids helped him just slide out of that triangle because he slid out like uh, like a buttered buttered biscuit. It's crazy. He just slid right out of the fucking triangle and just keeps going and keeps fighting. I mean, this this fight was so back and forth in so many transitions, and it, it just needs to be seen again, and it was great. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just sitting here laughing because imagine going into a fight with anybody, and then the, their first move is to kick you in the fucking face with a front <laughs> kick. Oh my god! What are you gonna do? <laughs> what a way to fucking start a fight! Fuck yeah! <laughs> Holy shit! I mean, and it, this was like one of the highlights of the night. I mean, I was just like, I was just dumbfounded at at the the spectacle of it. It was just like, holy shit! These guys are really going at it. It was just great, man. Hats off to Billy Quarantillo. He takes the win via unanimous decision. I mean, he just. He just was the more composed fighter. It looked now. I will say Spike Carlisle has some potential, but he needs to stop fighting like a pissed off teenager. I mean, 
I mean, that's his that's his number one problem. If he slows down the emotions and sticks to a plan, I think this guy's got a real future in the UFC. What do you think, bud? I think that he shouldn't lose that, but learn to control it a little better. Uh, some people just fight better in chaos, and I think that he's probably one of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. It's like this guy lives in chaos. It kind of looked like. He was like saying something about uh, I saw something where he's like he tweeted out like uh, give me that fight bo- fight bonus it's it's uh, it's not it's not cheap to run a cult <laughs> oh my god you know like yeah I know we we had we had uh, we had speculated that he might try to try to fuck this guy <laughs> <laughs> and and damned if you weren't right I mean. <laughs> <laughs> when he tried to take his back, he was humping him. He, oh yeah, he was giving him the business, <laughs> letting him know who was the alpha male in that in that fight. Alpha ginger. That's right. He is the alpha ginger. But he got his ass whooped and lost. Yeah, I think I think he lost because he was just too wild. If he would have toned it down a little bit, and learned to control it, he he could be a serious serious contender. Well, Garantolo definitely did um, weather the storm and, and then started to do a lot better. You yeah. Know? yeah. We're talking did. a lot about Spike because he's, it's funny and he's wild, but Garantolo definitely was the better fighter. Oh, yeah, without question. I mean, he's a more composed fighter and just used all of his all of Spike's aggression to uh, facilitate his, his transitions. And it just, it just made him look... Uh, Look like a lower ranked fighter, is what yeah. he did. It was like a it was like a white belt coming off the street, taking on a, like a purple belt. Yeah, you're gonna see some crazy moves and uh, attempts at some craziness, but overall, the purple belt's gonna like dominate. You can see yeah. it. So moving on, we have the co-main event here. I know this was sleepy time for you because it was sleepy time for me. We got Blagoy Ivanov taking on Augusta Sakai. Uh, now, the funny thing about this is I tried to watch this because I was like, okay, Ivanov coming off. I mean, I, I kind of know his story a little bit. He uh, he was in an altercation. He was a tough son of a bitch. That's why he's got the scars on his neck and him on his stomach or his chest. Um I think he was stabbed if I wasn't if I'm not mistaken. In the heart, right? In the heart yeah, in the heart. This guy's a tough, tough dude. And uh Augusta Sakai, kinda like Billy Quarantillo, was the more sharper, more composed fighter. And it showed. It just showed. Are you getting emotional about it? It showed I'm trying not to cough. <laughs> but um it was funny because I'm sitting here watching my girl, and my girl's like, "I can't, I can't stop looking at their belly buttons. It's moving, so, it's moving so much." It was just funny because <laughs> they're they're not um, athletic guys, not even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, neither one. So, did you see any of this fight, or just not even a little bit? Uh, nope. <laughs> Another boring uh, heavyweight fight. Gotcha. All right, well, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. So, in the end, um, Augusta Sakai takes the decision win via split decision, which is unbelievable to me because he dominated damn near <laughs> every round. 
But for some reason, one judge gave it 30-27 to uh, Ivanov. I don't know how or why, but it did. And I will say this. At the end of the fight, it, w- it wasn't like a total domination. But the third round, like, Blagoy Ovidov or Ivanov was going to take him down and, and ground and pound him. But he didn't because Augustus Akai held the fence. And that that to me changed the whole thing of the fight, the whole the whole uh, feeling of the fight. He held on to the fence. He didn't he didn't get taken down, and the ref never called it, never called it at all. Yeah, that really pissed off a lot of people I was watching with. <laughs> my my buddy uh, Philip was going off. I remember. So so speaking of that, I wanna I wanna bring it to you, and say if you get caught grabbing events. Should that be an automatic point deduction and the position? No. No. So you think you should be able to grab the fence without penalty? Um, well, first of all, the ref didn't see it, obviously. Okay. So, I don't know why we're talking about it, but second of all, if the ref sees it, they always warn him. Right, and I think that's yeah. wrong. I think that's wrong. And this in the in the case of grabbing the cage for for to prevent a takedown, I think that you need to get an immediate point deduction and lose the position. All right, let me ask you this: uh, What's worse, grabbing the fence? Excuse me. Grabbing the fence defensively or grabbing the fence offensively to keep, like, positions and stuff? What's worse? Grabbing the fence defensively 100%. You feel like that's worse? I I feel like that's worse because that can change the outcome of a fight much. So could the other way. Yeah, true. It can. It can change the fight uh, offensively. If if I'm the offender, if if I'm on offense and I'm beating you down or I'm trying to go for a submission and I grab defense for leverage. Yes, that that does affect the outcome of a fight. But if I'm going for a takedown and you grab the fence and you never get taken down, that changed the fight on a whole new level. You were already in a bad position if I'm if I'm grabbing the fence for leverage to to choke you out or to to better <laughs> hit you, you're already in a bad position. But if you're in a neutral position, and I go to take you down and you grab the fence defensively, that's way worse. I disagree. Why? Why? Well, for one, you're already in a, like you're already in a shit position. Okay. And then you're using it to to your advantage to for- make or, so the person that's using the fence grab, right? Okay. On an offensive level, you already are in a very dominant position. And you're using it to just uh, take it. You take advantage of somebody that's already you're already winning. Okay. De- defensively, on the other hand, like it, you're grabbing the fence. It's say even if it's like that's why I say it's got to be like uh, it's got to be a warning because it's more than nine times out of ten not intentionally uh, done. Okay. But that doesn't that does not um, matter. As far as the the penalty and the changing of the fight, I mean, if that takedown never occurs, then the fight can never change 
for Ivanov. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, if you're already in a bad position, that's just you in a bad position. But if we're in a neutral position and I go to take you down, and the only thing that prevents me from taking you down is that you held the fence, that that changes the fight entirely. If you're in a bad position, you got in a bad position. If I use the fence, I'm not saying that it's great that you use the fence. I'm just saying that if you use the fence defensively, it's more harmful than if you use the fence offensively. Hmm. I don't know. But either way, fuck touching the fence. <laughs> I would like to see like some plexiglass put up or something, you know, like like they do in hockey. <laughs> I'd like them to make it shock. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very very fucking fun TV to watch. You grab that fence, you get hit. <laughs> the ref touches the fence as he's trying to like move around. <laughs> Fifty thousand volts straight to your dome. <laughs> <laughs> Ref's dead. <laughs> now you guys have to fight to the death. Get a new ref. Mark Goddard died. Move on. <laughs> oh, you'd be so happy, wouldn't you? <laughs> I don't want to say yes or no because <laughs> I don't want to publicly wish death on no one. That's so fucked up. But fuck, fuck that rat motherfucker. I hope he dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, let's move on to the to the main event here. Tyron Woodley taking on Gilbert Burns, man. How did you see this fight going on or going down and how did it actually go down and where's the difference? All right, so like we kind of broke this down a little bit earlier. Yeah. I thought I thought I thought Burns was going to uh be too much for Woodley, and I thought Woodley was gonna try and do something different to counter that, and I thought that was gonna end up costing him and getting him like choked out or something. Okay. What happened was, is Burns came up and rocked the shit out of fucking Woodley. Oh hell yeah, he did. And was on his ass, and then even in between rounds and everything, we come back. All he was doing was the same old bullshit. Looking stupid. He never changed up anything. He never had no sense of urgency. He never had no fucking killer instinct. He just sat there looking fucking stupid, waiting for the right to to open up. Did you think he wanted to be there, Woodley? Do you think? No, Woodley I don't. Wanted I don't think there? so, man. I don't think so either. I don't think that he was like, oh, this guy Burns isn't on my level. Uh, he's not a real draw. There's there's no real reason for me to even try. That's what it kind of felt to me. Like. No, no, no. That ain't what it felt like to me. Okay, what did it feel like to you? Like, maybe he don't want to fight no more. Oh. You think he's just going to uh, stay with the rap career? I don't know what the hell he's doing, but I love that song. Falling I sing it all the time. Love, I play it every stream. Love. <laughs> hey, girl, you got them juicy ass curves. <laughs> then I kicked your ass to the curb. curb. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, no, damn. Man. So, but so, yeah, so okay. so this is what I want to say about this. This is the main takeaway for me. All right, Gilbert Burns doing exactly the same to Woodley as Usman did, 
makes Usman seem a lot less scary. But I don't think... He, he didn't do the exact same thing. He didn't wrestle him to the ground and keep him there. He didn't... No, no, no. He, but, but everybody thought he shut Woodley down. Woodley was the same shutdown of himself this fight, too. Woodley seemed like a one-trick pony, right? Like, he only had a right hand. That's all it seemed like. It seemed like he didn't have any takedown. He didn't have any footwork. He didn't have any counterpunching. All he had was a right hand. That's all he was looking for. That's it. We, we thought Usman shut Woodley down, but it's something in Woodley's own game that True. he shut down. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, Usman, as high as I've been ranking him or as high as I've been holding him, he didn't shut Woodley down. Woodley shut Woodley down. Burns... Uh, was able to do the same thing. I'm not saying Burns is shit at all. I'm, I still hold Burns and Usman high, but just not nearly as high because I thought they, I thought that, uh, I thought Usman did something to Willie. But wouldn't that be weird if, if Usman really did something to Willie and then it's like, it's like Willie's just fucked after his fight, kind of like how Stipe was. I mean, uh, Nagano with Stipe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's kind of funny if that happened. But, it, okay, so if Usman really fucked up Woodley for life, where does Woodley go from now? Where does Woodley go from here? Does he stay in 170? <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know, man. I mean, maybe he should go... You think he should move up a weight class, go to 185, test his luck there? Hell no, he's fucking small. He's not that small. He's a big ass one seventy. What are you talking about, small? He's like five fucking three. He's not. What are you? Th- no. <laughs> Come on, man. He's bigger than that. I think. He's... I think he should. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. I want to hear what you think first. I think Kevin Lee's comeback, he should fight Willie at 170. <laughs> okay. Nah, for real though, I was I was talking I was talking with some people on PlayStation party or whatever. Yeah. And we were all talking. I was like, oh man, I was like, I wanna see the rematch between Woodley and Robbie Lawler. Really? I said, I, I wanna see that and I would say the loser should leave town. I have zero desire to see that fight. I have no desire whatsoever but, to see but, yeah. but what if it just proves that Lawler could beat the shit out of Woodley? Yeah, but I, I'm not, I don't want to see that. I just... Cause, a, okay, what do you got for Woodley? You obviously have something. No, I mean, I don't really have anything. I mean... Well, then you appreciate my suggestion, I bitch. do appreciate it. I do appreciate <laughs> it. I just don't want to... I wouldn't want to pay for it. If it was on a fight night, oh, I'd watch bro, it. Oh, this would, this would but be I like wouldn't main event of prelim, bro. Yeah, okay, I see that. Main event of prelim, great. Yeah, but, I ain't talking to a big fucking time fight. I'm just talking about their next fight. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But I'm saying he don't deserve to be on a main card on a pay-per-view. I'll tell you oh, that. Oh, hell no. Neither one of them do at this point. True. Well, not only, I mean, I don't know, Gilbert Burns. What? Gilbert Burns, you know Gilbert Burns is actually number one right now? Yeah. That. How do you, how, how do you leapfrog Leon Edwards, George Mosvidal, and... Colby Covington in one shot. How the hell does that happen? Well, he just KO'd fucking... He didn't KO uh, anybody. He just KO'd fucking uh, Maya. Okay. And then a quick turnaround and fights Woodley and fucking... 
dominates in five rounds. Two judges gave gave it 50, uh, 50 44. I, I, okay, I agree with the judging, actually. Yeah, Woodley didn't show up. And, so, hold on. And so, Burns what I'm saying did. is. But he doesn't so deserve to jump three guys on longer winning streaks. So, so you're telling me that his 170 jump has not been fucking tits? Oh, I'm not saying that it hasn't. It's been great for him. He's been doing everything right. But I don't think he's the number one contender. No, you, I don't either. You can't <laughs> You can't knock, knock Leon Edwards down. You just can't. I mean, you have to and, respect and, and, that. And, and you know just by us talking uh, at Fights of the Roundtable that I also didn't – this is before we even knew about the number one shit, the, you know, that he became number one. But we were ta- you were like, does he get – or somebody said, does he get Usman? And I was like – I think he needs another fight. Right, he needs one more fight. And and the thing is, is, like right now, I feel like Leon Edwards probably probably just is the is the best because he missed the Woodley fight. Just give it to him, right? Or, um, have Burns fight Edwards. That's the my thought is that Burns Gilbert Burns fights Leon Edwards for the number one contendership, and I think Jorge Masvidal should fight Usman for the title. And I think Colby Covington should fight Tyron Woodley. I think that's the way it should go. I wouldn't be surprised if Burns fights Covington next. But that wouldn't... I mean, he has nothing to gain from that and everything to lose. If he beat, If Burns beats Covington, he has gained nothing. If Burns loses to Covington, he's lost everything. He has nothing to gain from fighting Covington. Money. No, it's not even going to make that much money. It's not. It's not even going to make... It's it's not even going to needle. It's not even going to move the needle. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Now, Covington Woodley, because they have so much heat, would move. Uh, Covington Jorge would move. Covington Usman would move again. But Covington Burns would not move anything. I wouldn't... I mean, I wouldn't get excited for that fight. Just wouldn't. Yeah, I guess. All right. Um, I think now's a good time as any to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll be right back. Hell yeah, we're back. We're back. Let's get right into it, man. All right. So we were talking about Tyron Woodley and Gilbert Burns and where to go from here. So what do you think's next for Tyron Woodley, man, after this loss? Uh, he's just going to take, he's got to take some time off. <laughs> <laughs> he just got off a 15 month stint, man. He can't take any more time off. He needs to get back in there. I don't know, man. He might retire. He might retire. He looked, he looked pretty happy with the loss, which was surprising to me. He got right on the Instagram and said, you got to show up when you win and you got to show up when you lose too. He said, I thought I did good. I thought I was happy with my performance. We're going to look back at it and, and uh, dissect it, um, get into it and everything. But uh, I don't know. I think a move up in weight class might be good for Tyron. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing him fight like somebody like Kevin Gasolin. Imagine him fighting fucking Adesanya. No, no, no. He ain't ready for Adesanya. Okay, he's not. We all know that. He's not ready for Adesanya. 
But like somebody like lower down rank, I mean, maybe a gas alum or maybe somebody a little bit lower than that. But yeah, not a not a Sonya. He's not ready for that. But a good a good fresh start with new fresh people might do him good. It might. Cause he didn't Has he ever fought RDA? I can't tell you. I don't know. Did he fight? I don't think him? he has. I think that'd be an interesting fight. That would be an interesting fight. Let's see what he you know what? I'm gonna look right now as we're speaking. Uh I don't think he should move up at all. Like I'm so against him moving up. I mean he did pretty good with Darren Till. So what? Oh, he did fight Kelvin Gastelum already, and he beat him via decision. No, that was at 170, though, but I'm talking about um, RDA. He's never fought RDA, not that I, I can see. Exactly. I don't fight RDA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a big drop in competition, but okay. I'm down Dude, with that. Dude, I'd be okay with him fucking retiring. I would be, too. Go with Burns. You know where he's going. Yeah, he's going to the title. And I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way, really. I mean, I think he needs one more fight. But, you know, they put him at number one. They put that one in front of his name. So, psh, he's getting that title, man. He's getting that title next. God help him. Hope he's ready. Oh, I got Burns in that, boy. You got Burns against Usman? Oh, hell yeah. Really? I think that relentless pressure of Usman is going to play hell on Burns. But I got I got Usman being an easier fight for Burns than Covington. Really? Okay. For Burns? Yeah. For Gilbert Burns? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, why, why do you say that? I just think styles, the style difference is, is like, I think that Burns, I think Burns will do more. I think Burns will be more successful in his offense with Usman than he would with uh Covington. Hmm. I think Covington's pace would 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 throw off Burns. I think Usman doesn't have that type of um he puts pressure and keeps keeps you on, but it's not that like uh quick pace yet. You know what I mean? I mean it's not ever changing like Covington is. Covington has that pace where he's strike, 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 strike. Grapple, strike, 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 grapple, strike, 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 grapple. Where Usman is just grapple, hold you, grapple, hold you, grapple, hold you. And I think I don't think that Burns would be ready for that. Yeah. I think Burns would welcome that. I think Burns could welcome that to a submission, and it would be it, harder to get a submission on Covington. If, but as far as pace and like, I don't know, man. Usman is a powerful dude. I think Burns can can uh, can can definitely. Grapple with him, yeah, and definitely strike, yeah, strike him. It'd be fun. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where they. Like go I said, from I, here. I think, I think the the pace of Covington would throw Burns off more than Usman. Usman just has that. I don't know, man. I think, I think every almost everybody else is a harder fight for Burns than than, than Usman. Champion? Dude, even Leon Edwards. I think Leon Edwards would be a very hard scrap for Burns. Yeah, I think he would too. That's why I want to see him fight Leon before <laughs> I see him fight fucking Usman. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. So, um, so that was the whole fight night uh, at the Apex. I think they did a damn good job uh, for that first Apex fight. 
Um, it was fucking awesome. It was fun, man. And I love how it's a smaller octagon. Yeah, that did make for that. Uh, did affect the outcome on some fights. That did have some effect on them. I will say that. Nobody could run. Nobody could hide. You're not like letting your opponent work. Mm-mm. It's engage, engage, engage. You better be ready for a fight. So, a couple things I want to talk about now, man. Okay. One, we really can't not talk about it because it's been everywhere. If you lived under a rock, you you even if you lived under a rock, you know. I mean, these since ever since uh, George Floyd has been murdered or killed or however you want to say it, there's been riots and craziness in the streets. I mean, it's just unbelievable unrest all over the United States. I mean, it started in Minneapolis and it's just moved everywhere. And just, I actually heard that it's there's riots in London and shit too. It is just crazy. So far, so we have this is this is how far the reach has been. You have all the way down in Arizona, you have John Jones coming out of his house to stop rioters from spray painting up shit. He he confronted two gentlemen or two men rioters with spray cans and said, give me the spray cans, took them from him because he's trying to protect his neighborhood. And it even stretches farther than that. It goes all the way over to New Zealand, all the way around the world, to the other end of the world. And Israel Adesanya is out there protesting with the Black Lives Matter movement out in New Zealand. And he's speaking like enough's enough with all this craziness. I mean, this this has just reached unbelievable levels with this this crazy injustice that has happened. And I mean, you cannot ignore it. It's that big. You just can't ignore it. Every podcast I've listened to today has at least touched on it once. And I don't think we're any different, nor should we be. I mean, this is just craziness that we're dealing with here. I mean, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, well, <laughs> the riots suck, dude. Yeah, yeah I mean, they it, do that's suck. that's not that's not helping much. It's not. I mean, it's, you're not you're not you're not doing anything for anybody by fucking looting and and ruining fucking privately owned stores stores and shit. Right. Right, because what will happen ultimately is those stores will move from the location that they are in now. If you burn a store to the ground, I guarantee you it's not going to want to build right back up where it was burned down from. Who wants there's, to do that? Nobody. But there's a, there's a very good reason why most Americans do not trust the police. Uh, that is true also. I mean, I think there needs to be a, a crazy reform to to revamp the relationship that the police have with the general public. I think the police have gotten this whole um, superiority complex. And I think that we now need to hold these police accountable for their actions. And I don't think they were before. I think that needs to change. But, I mean, it, it's it's just sad to see what took place and and to see another life 
senselessly taken for for no reason, for no reason at all. Yeah, it's just it's fucked up. It's fucked up. I mean, like I said, I ain't, I ain't trying to trick anybody or try to like get political here. I don't like to do that. Uh, you know, publicly. Right. But like I said, there, there's a there's a there's a big reason why people don't trust police. And uh, so there, there is things that need to be done. Yeah, but I I'm not I'm not nobody to say what needs to be done. I'm just saying that there, something needs to change. Agreed. Agreed. Something. I don't have the answer. You don't have the answer. Something needs to be done. I can tell you that what they're trying to do is not the answer. No, fuck no. <laughs> Jesus no. People right. are angry though. Right. They're doing they're doing something. Yeah. So that's all the time I'm gonna give this this craziness. Uh, I think that we we need to have be a show that brings levity to the situation and just provides an escape for people, and that's what we want to do. So let's get right back to MMA. All right. Right now in MMA, it is a crazy time to be a champion. It's crazy. You motherfucker. How are you going to go from that to that? Well, can I don't want to stay. I don't want to. Can st- we have a fucking minute or something? Like, I don't want to stay a, on it too long, man. I don't. I need, I a, just I need don't. a smoke and a drink after you got that fucking deep for a second. <laughs> I, I had to recognize it. I didn't feel right not recognizing it. That this happened. Is it because it because is it because that you're mixed and you have to recognize it? No, well, look, look. Have you ever be honest now? Have you ever seen racism or have experienced racism in any form? And I know you're a white dude, but still, yes, I have. You have. Okay. Uh-huh. So you have, and you know I have. You know I've seen it and I, I've experienced it firsthand. So so to see it on that scale and to see a guy being killed for 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 no other reason than that it's just it, i cannot not say nothing i have to say something i don't want to dwell on it the whole podcast or give it a whole big fucking 10 20 minutes but i have to say something i feel like yeah i'm I not trying to, to make light of it either i'm just saying that like uh it, I just like to avoid talking like that kind of stuff publicly. Just, I just, feel, I, just me personally. I don't know. I just feel like people get triggered about if you're not if you're not with if you're not completely with how they feel, you're completely against them, which is not the case. Which I, for the most part, I just don't agree with any of the shit. Right. I don't agree with the police. I don't agree with the fucking uh, looter, rioter guy, people and shit. Like that's not solving fucking nothing, dude. It's it's not. It's not solving. And and, and 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 the police aren't doing aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. So no one's in the fucking right. So like that's 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 as far as that's as deep as I want to get with it for me. Right. And I agree. I agree. I I don't want to get too deep into it either, because I don't have all the facts, and I'm not gonna sit here and you know be on my soapbox all night. So that's why I kind of wanted to just, you know, touch on it, say it's happened. We recognize that it's happened. We have our opinions that we kind of want to keep to ourselves, and then we'll move on. (laughs) I don't know why you – it feels like you feel so awkward about this. I do feel kind of awkward. I'm not going to lie. I feel awkward about it because – Okay. Well, let me kind of take control on this, though, for for real, though. Okay. He just – we just had to get that through. We wanted to talk about it. We wanted to kind of give our opinion, I guess. Uh, but it wasn't like that important to us to talk about it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
It was, but it wasn't. It's important enough to say something, but I don't want to dwell on it the whole fucking podcast. Right. <laughs> I feel like we just fucking discredited anything we said. <laughs> ah, fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> hey, you guys know what the fuck we meant. Yeah. All right, let's get let's get right back to MMA, man. Let's bring it in. <laughs> All right, as of today, as of today, the 125 pound men's belt is vacant. The 135 pound belt is vacant. The 145 pound belt is not uh, defendable because he's on lockdown in Australia. The 155 pound belt is not defendable because he's locked down in Russia. The 185 pound belt. Is not defendable because he's in lockdown in New Zealand. The 205 belt has just been vacated. And the 265 belt has not is not defendable because Stipe Miocic is fighting fucking fires. What the fuck is going on with the champions in the UFC? Can you explain that to me? Holy shit. What well, the hell is get- going on? Well, first of all, the, the, the two lowest ones or whatever are because <coughs> Henry Sudo retired. True. Whatever. He True. can retire. Cool. But what's up with John Jones retiring? Like, the fuck is going on, bro? So, John Jones, the 205 heavy or light heavyweight champion, has has vacated the title officially via Twitter, which is crazy. He's saying that they won't provide him money, the money that he wants to fight. He says, look, if you're going to pay me the same amount to fight Dominic Reyes as you are, um, as, as you want me to fight Francis Ngannou, I don't, I don't see the incentive to fight that person. If I'm moving up in weight, I deserve a bump. And you know what? I can't not say that he doesn't. Dana's saying that he's he's asking for entirely too much money. He's saying something like Deontay Wilder money, which is like 15 million. We we know that John Jones gets about 5 million to fight every fight. So for him to go to 5 million to 15 million, that's a big fucking jump. Yeah, but Jones is saying that Dana's lying that they never even had a number. Okay. All he was saying was he thinks he deserves more, and they told him, no, you'll get your normal shit. Okay. Well, how much more do you think John Jones deserves? Another million? Another two? I mean... Would, shit, I would give him the 15. you give him the 15? But this is the problem. The UFC isn't making that much money off of John Jones. They're not making $15 million off of John Jones. Just Are you not. sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Because this, this is the only reason I'm positive is I was listening to Ariel Hawani earlier today. And DC was on there telling them about the the fights that he did with Jones and the numbers that they did. It wasn't that much. It was 800,000 800, pay-per-view buys, which is not that much. It's so weird because, like, I always hear that John Jones is not a needle mover. But anybody that I talk to, like, mo- like... Most people that follow MMA or whatever, even a little bit, they're not going to miss a John Jones fight. Yeah, they know about John Jones. They know about Conor McGregor. They know about Khabib. They know about him, but they're not going to miss the John Jones fight either. Like, oh, John Jones is fighting? I'm definitely going to fucking make plans and watch that shit. 
I, I understand and I agree, but it doesn't show up in the numbers. It's not like a Connor fight that does that does uh, a that literally buys. brings out every casual there ever was. True, and that's what gets you the money. That's what gets you the money when John Jones fights. I mean, yes, it's a de- it's a big deal for hardcores, but it's not a big deal for the casual fan. It's just not. But even but I'm just saying even like the the normal casuals, mm-hmm. not like the not the dickhead casuals like we're talking, but like just normal casuals, man. They do make sure they watch John Jones fights. I get that, but that's not fifteen million dollars worth. It's just not. So hmm. for for John Jones to say I'm worth. Deontay Wilder money or I'm worth so much more to go up and wait. I mean, you gotta you gotta scale that back a little. You but gotta, he said you gotta come correct. He said, he said he don't make half of half of what uh Deontay Wilder makes. And that's true, but he's not a boxer. He's a UFC fighter. So maybe he asked for a quarter of what Deontay Wilder makes. Okay. E- e- even still, what is that? Eight million? Seven million? You said fifteen million. How is a quarter of what fucking? Well, he makes five, so you know he needs to make more than that. He needs to make more than five to even entertain the thought of fighting Francis Nagano. How do you know he makes five? Like what the fuck? He said number? he made five. He said he makes five thousand. Five I mean... million. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> Five thousand to show, five thousand to win. <laughs> Ew, that's one hell of a fucking championship. Yeah, he how makes, do you know Deontay Wilder makes fifteen? Because of the Tyson Fury fight, Deontay Wilder makes thirty million in the Tyson Fury fight. Cut that in half; that's fifteen million. So, so, to, so he makes thirty. He made 30, yeah, but you'd think 15 guaranteed and 15 to win. That's how the UFC does it. You you get half of your money if to show and half to win. No, I think that's per contract. Okay, well, Sam Alvey has a different contract, but most of the fighters have X amount to show, X amount to win. Okay. Yeah, but a, like a lot of them, like a lot of people will have different ones, though. Like it can, it can, you can, you, that's why you got the manager that does all that shit. Got it. I, I, I understand that a little bit. I don't understand all of it, but I understand a little bit. But none of it, none of it is in the millions. It's just not. John Jones makes $5 million a fight. That's after pay-per-view buys and after everything else. That's what he's taking home is $5 million. He might be guaranteed like seven fifty, seven hundred fifty thousand, and then... Because of the pay-per-view buys and whatever else he, whatever else backdoor deals he has with the UFC, he comes out at, at like five million. It's pretty good, man. It, it it's very good, but to his credit, as much as I dislike John Jones, you need to give him some incentive to move up in weight class and fight the most dangerous fighter in that weight class. I mean, he if you're going to pay him the same amount to fight Francis Ngannou that he does to fight fucking Jan Blahovich, why not fight Jan? I mean, Jan is an easy fight for John. Yeah, and so do you think that this is a power move, or do you think that he's like... Like, this is weird that he vacated it. It and, is weird. 
It's very and weird. Is this a power move or is this like he's done, done, just done? No, I think it's a power move. I think he's trying to negotiate hard and play hardball with them. I don't think he wants to be done. He's really young. I think he's realizing that he's worth more than what the UFC is paying him. But he also has to realize that he's not worth as much as he thinks he's worth. He needs to he needs to scale it back and come to the table with a legitimate offer like eight million, seven million, something around there. That's more doable than fucking fifteen million or whatever he asked. Now I'm just throwing out these numbers. I don't really know what numbers were. Only him and Hunter and and Dana know those numbers and they're not telling anybody. But I mean if you're making five, you need to have a bump t- to go up in weight class to have a super fight with Francis Ngannou. And, and and in the inverse on that, Francis Ngannou's only making, what is it, 150000 a fight? Or 250000 a fight? That's, that's absurd. It's absurd. The yeah, fight. but he's used to um, shoveling sand. That, I, I get you. I be. I get you. Be that as it may. But I mean, Francis Ngannou is knocking dudes out in twenty seconds, and just bringing so much uh, hype to that heavyweight division. He needs to be getting paid real money, not 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 a hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand. I mean, what is it? Alistair Overeem made five hundred thousand from the last fight he did. Well, against Walt Harris. Yeah, but Alistair Overeem, I think he's one of those, he's somebody that comes in with a really high um, show money. I get that. I get that. But, I mean, I think the whole pay structure of the UFC needs to change. And I don't know what's going to change it, but it needs to change because, like John... I think it's like individual contracts, bro. It is. It's individual contracts. And that's fine. But you're also, you're locking, if you're going to pay individual contracts for individual athletes, you're also, you can't lock them into, to say, you're only fighting for the UFC. You know what I'm saying? That's why boxers make so much money, is because they're not locked into a league, or a UFC, or, or something like that. They're not locked into one Pacific boxing organization. It's just boxing as a whole. And each boxing organization, the WBO, the uh, BWO, or the BCWO, or whatever whatever title belt they have, whatever boxing organization, they contract that specific boxer. They don't say, oh, we have 10 boxers, and we're the WBO, and that's all we, we're gonna, they're going to do. That's what the UFC does. The UFC says, we have 300 fighters, and they're all contracted to fight for us, and that's it. That's why the UFC makes out as an organization with so much money, and the, the fighters don't get paid as much. If the UFC wasn't an organization and fighters were able to go to one, Bellator, and UFC, fighters would be making a hell of a lot more money. A hell of a lot more. Yeah, somebody had mentioned that they thought that he wants to get his contract... Uh relinquished or whatever so he can go to one yeah because he's 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 got a six fight deal he's still got six fight on six fights on his deal dude 
imagine him going to one and being on all the steroids and just fucking being a goddamn dude. It, it would blow up. It would be a fucking nut. Oh, he'd be an insane fucking athlete. He would just dominate everywhere he went if he was able to do whatever he wanted. I mean, I don't think he would last very long. I think he would want to kill himself for whatever crazy outside antics he was doing. But, I mean, yeah, if if we got to see him fight, it would be amazing. But it's just crazy that, you know, as a whole, the UFC barely has any belts to to defend. I mean, you just, you it's got, a weird world right now. It's a crazy-ass world. Crazy-ass world. Hell yeah. And how the fuck... Uh, this is why I don't understand. What is up with Stipe? Why isn't he fighting? What what the fuck? You just said he's fighting fires. You literally just said that. No, but I'm saying that you're... I get, I get you're a firefighter. Right. Pick one. You... you Alright! <laughs> yeah, he's here, wait. Yeah, he needs to pick one. He needs to either be a firefighter or a UFC fighter. That's what you need to do. He can pick one. Once a Marine, always a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Get off my soapbox. Moving on. What did you think of Conor McGregor getting called out by Anderson Silva? Would you want to see that fight? Hell yeah, why not? Okay. If you had a choice between John Jones Ngannou... Or Anderson Silva, Connor, which one would you pick? Which fight would you pay for? John Jones and Nagano. You would pay for that fight over Anderson and Connor. 100%. 100%. Why? Uh, Nagano and Jones are 100% more dangerous, especially when it comes to uh, in their prime. Okay, but would that you know, be... Silva's, Silva's prime is in question, you know? He's kind of out of his prime. Okay, but is does he does he pose a bigger threat for Connor than Jones does to Nagano? What do you think? You think Jones is more of a threat to Nagano than Anderson is to Connor? No, 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 no. You gotta, you gotta do the way around. Uh, okay. Anderson is Nagano. Okay. Because Nagano is the heavier guy. Okay. I mean, either still they're still fighting. I mean, do you think do you think Anderson has more of a chance of beating Connor than Nagano has a chance of beating Jones? Who has the bigger chance here? I don't know, dude. It's, they're both pretty good matchups in my eyes right but this is my thing i think the casual fan and bringing numbers as far as like money into the ufc i think the fight would be anderson versus connor i think that fight would bring more money than jones versus ninganu yeah but connor versus anybody is gonna bring in more money than anybody versus anybody else yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree. I kind of agree. So, no matter what the fuck you say, I mean, it's, it's, if Connor's involved, bro, that's the fight that's making the most money. <laughs> okay, okay, true, true. So you got me there. <laughs> but I, either way, as a as a fan, which one would I rather watch? Yeah. If I had to choose, yeah, I'm fucking choosing John John Jones. Oh my god, fucking traitor! <laughs> How is that a traitor, bro? It's, that fight's way more interesting. You think so? 
Hell yeah, dude. I don't know. I, I, I don't see John winning that fight. You're out of your fucking mind, dude. I don't see John winning that fight. I don't. I, I don't see Nagano winning that fight at all. At all, not even close. Okay, look, Nagano has a puncher's chance. That's it. Other than that, there's nothing else he has on Jones. You think he can't swarm him? I think if they did, I think it that, in, I think that Jones would be get out of the way. Yes, I, I think, think that he would be quicker think, than Nagano realizes. I think that Jones would do that in a bigger cage. Yes, but if we fight him at the UFC Apex, I think Francis wins that fight. Nah. Yeah. I think that I think that's how that's gonna work. <laughs> if that fight ever gets made. I don't think it's ever gonna get made. I think we have a better chance of seeing Connor Anderson than we do ever seeing Ninganu Jones. Well the interesting thing is is the guy the heavier guy is willing to drop some weight. Mm-hmm. It's a catch weight of like one seventy six point something. Yeah. And the heavier guy is the guy who is more at the end of his career. Hmm. True. So it's literally Connor just respecting a fucking legend. A legend. Yeah. He said he accepts. I don't know if he'll take the fight for real. Well, I mean, what else? Does, what other fight does he have? I say, but if he does, I mean, it's it's a good money fight for for McGregor as well. Yeah. Silva. I mean, I mean, and 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 it would help, it would definitely help Silva out. Mm-hmm. I think that's the fight. That, that'd be a, that'd be a good fight to ride out, especially if he knocks out fucking McGregor. <laughs> oh my god! Because he could. If he knocks out McGregor, and, and the funny thing is, is uh, what McGregor was just saying that Silva's the goat. Yeah, but he's tied, so now this could be who's the greatest of all time. Yeah. I like I like Justin Gaethje's response to that. If you have to make an argument that you're the goat, you are not that goat. If you make an argument for yourself, you're not the goat. Just not. I, I like the way Justin. Hey, Gaethje, suck my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So looking forward, man. We got UFC 250 coming up, man. You ready for this? Are you gonna pay for this? Y'all ready for this? Just me? Just you? Just you? Cause I can't sing. <laughs> oh, that was that was good singing. I'm glad you thought so. Better than me. All right, so yeah, um, UFC, UFC, ESPN, pay per view. Yeah, I'll be uh, watching from the TV. There you go. Good shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's start this thing off at the bottom. Early prelims, we got Alonzo Mansfield taking on Devin Clark in a light heavyweight battle. Who you got? Well, uh, I'm very interested to hear your your uh, breakdown and prediction of this fight bef- before I do. I already, I I swear to you, I'm dead set on something. I just want to know where you stand. Okay, I'm taking Devin Clark. <laughs> I was hoping. <laughs> good, good. Okay, I'm taking Devin Clark to win via decision. That's what I think. Okay, well, every time Alonzo Minefield, Men- Menefield, whatever the fuck his name is, every time Alonzo has fought, like except for like maybe exceptional one time, you have doubted him. 
Of course. He's 9 and 0, bro. Okay. And he's a fucking monster. Okay. First round just first round decision. First round KO Alonzo. Okay. You fucking choke uh, ode. Alonzo. By KO. First round. Cuz he's 9 and 0. First round. Jesus. All right. All right. So Devin Clark uh, wins via decision his last fight and wins via uh, loss uh, submission his fight before that. So let's see. Alonzo Mansfield. He's how... just doing his research now, guys. I'm just looking. I'm just looking. Because all I see is, is uh, Alonzo Mansfield, UFC 230. I don't see anything other than that. I got to look on Sherdog. Shout out to Sherdog. <laughs> but I... I don't. I didn't even do the research. I, I'm. I'm literally. Today I was like, ah, I'm not gonna do the research. I'm just gonna look. I think I know these guys. Okay. Like when I say these guys, I mean when I just kind of scroll through the fighters. Mm-hmm. Wait till you see who all he's beaten. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Motherfucker, the slowest goddamn researcher ever. This fight card is really good. I think the main event is a little bit... Eh? So the co-main event could have been better, too. Could It could have been a... You know, they could have chosen a different fight for the co-main. A lot of KOs. <laughs> I see, Nine and oh, bro. I see a lot but, of KOs. <laughs> who's, who's his, like, last three opponents, by the way? Uh, so we got Paul Craig, KO punches. <laughs> That was a good fight. Or, I mean, that was a good beatdown. Whatever. We got uh, Vincinius Moreno Castro. TKO punches. Mm-hmm. We got Deshaun Boatwright. TKO punches. Then after that, we got Bryce uh, Ritan Co. This is LA, uh, LFA. Uh, submission. Oh, you ain't, you ain't got to go down the line that long. Submission rear naked choke. Well, he's only had three fights in, in the UFC, kind of. Yeah, but um, believe me, this guy is a fucking motherfucker. Okay, I mean, I I I see you. I see you. We we gonna see what happens. We gonna see what happens. All right, what about in uh, between Formiga, juicier Formiga? Okay, taking on uh, Alex Perez. Alex Perez. And this is a one twenty five pound fight. I gotta go with my boy Formiga on this one, man. I like Perez. I like him a lot. But Formiga's got that killer instinct more than Perez. So I'm going to go Formiga. Yeah, Perez is fun and scrappy, but Formiga is, uh, he's at the top of the division, man. He's just, and he's going to stay there. He just has, he, he's only really ever had trouble with most of the top, like, you know, the, the times he's had trouble with were really, really good guys. Um, I'll just say Formiga decision. Decision? I'm going to say second round knockout. Okay, okay. Formiga decision, huh? Yeah. Okay. We'll take that. All right, moving on. We got a middleweight fight between Charles Bird taking on Maki Pitololo. Or Pitolo. 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 Whatever. Pitolo. Pitolo. Coconut bombs. Coconut bomb. (laughs) What? Um, 
it feels like they always put Charles Bird against people that they want to do well. He's ten uh, and six, and um, my guy is uh, twelve and five. Very similar. They both kind of. That's something, and like they both kind of don't matter. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> tell me how you really feel. Uh, let's see. We're gonna go with Charles Bird decision. Oh shit! Bird decision. The bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. And I'm going to take the opposite in Pitolo with decision. Just because you picked bird. Fuck him. <laughs> Holy shit. Kelleher fighting a fucking gen. Yeah, man. You gotta love that. Ke- Brian Kelleher taking on Corey Stamen, man. Kelleher just won, right? Yeah. Or did he, he lose? He won. He knocked that dude out. Who do you knock out? Oh my god! Uh, I can't Come on, man! You're this. the researcher. Oh, now I'm the researcher. Jesus! <laughs> the hey, ne- Jamie, can you look that up, Ricky? <laughs> Hunter Asher, Hunter Asher knocked him out in oh, the second yeah. round. Oh yeah. Uh, and Cody Stamen's a fucking tough matchup, dude. But you know, I love that quick turnaround, fucking momentum shit, man. I'm gonna go with Brian Kelleher, uh, first round submission. First round submission. Okay. Why? Why did you pick submission? I'm, I'm kind of cur- curious. I don't know. It, was, it felt like it felt right. It came to me. Oh, okay. My so, uh, inner demons told me to say submission. Oh, inner demons. All right. I don't know the demonic possession I have. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna say third round KO because them hands was looking right last fight. So I think he takes his time and. Uh, he gets the third round knockout. All right. Awesome, mo- awesome. Moving on, we got a middleweight fight where against Ian Heinish taking on Gerard Mearshart. Now, what do you think about this fight? Uh, so I believe that Mearshart is semi overrated at this point for anybody that's high on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely prefer Ian Heinish. Okay. But Ian Heinish has not looked too good recently. Right. Uh, like I said, I like Heinish better. I'm going to go with Heinish by decision. Okay. Heinish decision. So, me, I kind of feel the same about what you were saying, where both guys are, you know, they're high, but they're not, you know, it's a hype train. I don't think, I think they're... Their uh, their hype precedes them. Um, I think Ian Heinish is good, but I think Gerald Mearshart is the bigger, taller fighter with the more experience. So I'm going to go Mearshart decision. It was the hair lip, isn't it? A little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> I forget. I think Juice, with Fight Muscle Podcast, I think he was like... Uh... He was like, I'd never notice until you said something. <laughs> How could you not notice? I mean, it's it's so obvious. It's just staring you in the face. And um, we forgot to kind of go over that. There is a new leader. Did, did we talk about that already? No, you have not mentioned that yet. We forgot. To go over fight pick, fight picks or whatever, but all right, let's let's get through this. Let's get no, through no, this but prelim, and then we'll go right into that. it. We'll get to that later. Sorry. Okay, we'll get right into it after this prelim main event. We got a prelim main event. 
where Alex Caceres taking on Chase Hooper. You know, if you don't know who Chase Hooper is, take Ben Askren, shrink him down, and take him back in time about 10 years, Chase Hooper. And Alex Caceres is uh, Bruce Leroy. So, who do you <laughs> got in this one? So, the what I've, what I've seen from Chase Hooper is that Chase Hooper is... Uh, he seems very like young and innocent. You know, he hasn't really got his like uh, dick wet. Yeah, we know <laughs> exactly. Kind of like virgin, like not even trying to be funny. Yeah. But um, so and he and he he gets caught, dude. But it, somehow he like just rolls with it or something. But he he gets he does get caught. So it's a little scary seeing him. This is a good test for him because Caceres has a decent way of catching people and he's got decent wrestling, but. Also, he's susceptible to getting choked out in the first round, and that's something Chase Super could very well do. I'm going to guess Chase Super is going to get that first-round submission. Oh, shit. Hooper with the submission. First sub. Okay. I'm going to say Chase Super chokes, and he gets knocked out in the third round. I think that he gets tired, and gets knocked out in the third round. Alex Caceres. Hell yeah. I am being a contrarian and a half today. Alright. <laughs> Alright, so this is moving on to the main card. We got all the marbles coming in. Uh, and we got a lot of movement from last time in the Fight Pick Championship. Let's talk about that a little bit real quick. Okay, yeah, we'll take a break from that because we forgot to talk about this earlier. Uh, <laughs> so we'll give you the top three people of uh, okay. of the week. That seems fair. So of the Woods and, Woodley and Burns card, for, in first place was Emmanuel of Lab B MMA. Wow. Was going to be in the MMA. He picked uh, all the fights right. All awesome, them. awesome podcast. Uh, and Emmanuel did very well. And he had 105 points. Go ahead, E. So, so make sure you check him out. And coming in second was actually the other half of Lab MMA, Cheney, with 75 points. Woo! Damn. So, uh, and they also have uh, Don't Drink the Water. That's a conspiracy podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we came in third, MMA Marks, one half of us, Ricky. That's right. Congrats. That's right. That's right. With this... 60 points, not bad. All right, so uh, just because we want to just go, go over quickly, we had a, a bunch of different changes, but the, we have a new top three in the overall scores. Yep, that pink machine is off his fucking pedestal. Fuck him. So with the Lat B doing so well, Cheney actually became first in the overall score. She is with, in first place for this belt. Hell yeah. 935 points. Good shit. Alpha has 930 in second. Damn. And Ricky has 810 for third. I'm coming up. I just need a damn good fight um, card. And I think this is the one. I think we're going to get it here. I'm, if I oh, get yeah? everyone right, I'll be <laughs> in first place. Well, we haven't agreed on anything with the prelims. So hopefully... We agree on everything with the main card, and 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 we we have everything all right. Okay. 
<laughs> but it probably won't. Yeah, I, doubt it. <laughs> I highly doubt it. <laughs> All right, so first card on the on the main card for the Fight Pick Championship at UFC 250 at the Apex Arena, we got Eddie Wideland taking on Sugar Sean O'Malley. Can you believe that shit? Hell yeah, man! I mean, this is a this is a good fight. I mean, some people are saying that O'Malley only takes cans and stuff, but I mean, Eddie Wineland is, I mean, he's a little bit older, but his last performance was very good, man. He oh had a great God. knockout, but it was against somebody, um, Popov, if you remember that name. I remember. The Asian-Russian. It was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he had a wonderful performance. He's got an awkward style that's hard to train for. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a really, really good matchup, in my opinion. Yeah, I like this. I like this. Uh, I feel like setup. a lot of people were saying, like, this is an easy fight for O'Malley. And, uh... It's very possible it is. It's It really is, but I'm not sure. Yeah. How, how do you got it going down? I got Sugar Sean taking this dude first round KO. I just think his his potential is so high, and I, I'm just really high on this dude. I know it's no pun intended, but, but uh, yeah, I like O'Malley first round KO. All right. Um, hmm. I'm gonna go with O'Malley decision. Oh shit, O'Malley decision. Yeah. Has he ever went to a decision? Has he ever fought a vet like Wyland? True. True that. True that. I don't know if he's ever went to a decision. I gotta check. Uh, not that I can see. All right, all right. Moving on, we got uh, Neil Magny taking on Anthony Rocco Martin. Holy crap! I think this is the sleeper fight of the night. We got Neil Magny coming up with a new lease on life and new skills to boot, and taking on Anthony Rocco Martin, who's tough as a two-dollar steak, in the words of Jim Ross. <laughs> oh my god uh anthony rocker martin's a fucking well-rounded great fucking fighter hell yeah um i i don't know if it was his last performance but when he went to decision loss against maya i think that he's i think he's honestly going to come back a lot better um i think that that loss didn't really do him much damage i mean he he rolled with fucking maya bro I agree. I think him fighting Magni, Magni, this is a very dangerous fight for Magni, but Magni's got he's 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 lanky, man. He's hard to deal with. He's got that length. Um I don't know, man. I'm I'm gonna say Martin by second round TKO. Okay, you got Anthony Rocco Martin take uh, taking it second round KO or TKO. And me, I'm going to say those new skills in Neil Magny's impressed me a lot. And I'm taking Magny via decision over Anthony Rocco Martin. 
I, I mean, uh, when he first came out, I doubted him. I'm like, he's going to suck. He's been off for too long. He's just he's just not ready. And Magni proved me wrong and just destroyed his last opponent. So I'm looking forward to Magni and show me up again. I got Magni via decision over Martin. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, this is another dark horse kind of fight. We got Al Jermaine Sterling taking on Corey Sanhagen. Now, Sanhagen is like the uh, for, uh, golden boy coming into the 135-pound division. I mean, a lot of people are high on Sanhagen. I mean, he got a, he got a submission over Boost... Uh, what is it? But Batista, Mario Batista. He's got a decision win over uh, John Lineker. He's got a decision win over Rafael de Sun uh, I mean, this guy is is really looking high. Yeah, man. Uh, so Sanhagen's cool. I mean, he he's got he usually has a big size advantage against his uh, opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he has the same. Big size advantage against Aljamain Sterling, okay. um, but I just like Aljo's, you know, style of fighting better, man. I, I think that he's gonna come in with the a great game plan. Uh, I hope to God that Matt Sarah's in his corner, right? Because I look forward to hearing him scream, <laughs> punch a hole through his fucking chest. No, Matt's there uh, just screaming in the corner. Uh, what the fuck does he scream sometimes? I forget, but it's just the dumbest shit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's going to be funny to hear without the crowd because yeah. normally we hear him above everybody, even with the crowd. Right. So how you got this going down, man? Uh, shit, man. Uh, Sterling by decision. Awesome. Okay. Damn. All right, so I got Sanhagen winning this one. Second round KO. And the reason being, I know this is a weird way to, to, to judge a fight, but Aljo is in line for a title shot. But he's not he's not been sounded off like he's on in line for a title shot. It's like he's scared of the fight. So if he's scared of the fight and scared of the competition, in my mind... If you're not, if you're not like saying I deserve the number one contendership, I should be fighting Peter Yan and getting that, getting that title. I mean, what are you gonna do against Corey Sanhagen, who's got you by four inches or three inches? I mean, come <laughs> on. I think it, I think he's just been uh, he's been trying to get fights, but nobody wants to fight him. Okay. He was the first to call out Cruz. I hear you, know? you. I hear you. I hear you. Well, we're going to find out where uh, Corey Shanhagen's going to take out, take on Aljo, and he's, I mean, I like Aljo, but once he gets in trouble, man, it's it's downhill. He Quicksand like a bitch going down. Dude, ever since he got knocked out by Marlon Marais, he's mm-hmm. done nothing but fucking run through motherfuckers, dude. Okay, well, we're going to prove that, me that, wrong. that loss was the best thing that ever happened to Sterling, prove and I'm telling wrong. you, you're going to see why. All right, prove me wrong. I'm saying Sanhagen with his striking is just going to dominate Aljo. Second round KO, Sanhagen. 
right there. All right. Moving on. We got the co-main event. We got Rafael Asansel taking on Cody Garbrandt. Or Garbrandt. What do you think about this, man? I don't give a shit about either one of these fighters, bro. As neither do I. I thought I think they should have swept or switched Aljo and Sanhagen and uh, Sunsell and Garbrandt. I think they should have switched that. But who am I? I ain't nobody. You can say that again. I ain't nobody. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, Sunsell kind of just sucks. Garbrandt fights emotional. Right. Um. First round now, Gal Garbrandt. Fuck it. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn. It was like you just flipped a coin on that one. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's stupid. Can he Can he catch him with the emotional bullshit? Probably. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I think I think uh, he's been training with Mark Henry and Uriah Faber at the same time. So I'm thinking he's going to get some... Uh, some much needed upgrades in his game. I got Garbrown taking him via decision. Uh, Sunshine don't know what's going to hit him. See, I you know I'm I'm just justifying my first round, this first round with a KO thing. Um, you remember when Marlon Moraes rematched uh, Rafael Sunshine? Mm-hmm. He bum rushed him and it worked. Yeah. I mean, Cody can bum rush him, bro, and knock him the fuck out. He does have speed like nobody else in that division. I will say that. So. Yeah, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna. St- I like that first round knockout. I- I'm gonna stick with that. Cool. All right, I like that. We're gonna move on to the main event of the evening. The main event of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> we got Amanda Lioness Noons taking on Felicia Spencer. Spencer. Oh my God! How do you got this fight going down? As, um, as if Aman- I didn't already know. Amanda first round knockout. <laughs> Right, I got the same. Like, are you fucking stupid? Like, I got, I know people that picking Spencer, but what I gotta say to you is, is, you're wrong. <laughs> I couldn't think of nothing to say. I mean, did you see her fight against Cyborg? She is extremely reckless when she comes in to take somebody down, and she never takes a shot. She always goes for the clinch. And if you do that to Amanda Nunes, Amanda Nunes is going to light you the fuck up and you're not even going to know what hits you. Even if you get Amanda on the ground, you're not going to have your way with her. Fuck no, man. People keep saying that. I don't really think, I don't think that her, like, okay, uh, Kat had her way with her, right? But yeah. you don't think that she's been training since fucking then? Oh my God, yeah. 100%. Of course she recognized that she has a hole in her game. Yeah, she's a different fighter. Different fighter. And she wants that history. She wants to be the first female fighter to defend both of her belts. Period. It's, it's a first-round knockout. Yeah. For first, sure. First-round knockout. I got that. Same. Spencer can take a beating, though. She can, but, I mean, not not like Noons. Noons is on a different planet. It's oh, a, yeah. It's just ridiculous. I mean, this is the cool spot. This is the cool fact that I didn't know every person to hold the bantamweight title Noons has beat in the first round. Did you know that? Uh-uh. Any person that, any female 
that has held the bantamweight title. Nunes has beat in the first round. It's crazy. That is a crazy stat. Just, who else? Who has the bantamweight title now? She does. She is the bantamweight title holder and the one forty-five pound holder. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And she's gonna be the first female to defend both belts while they're in both in her position. She's gonna be the only fighter to do that. Henry Cejudo didn't do that. DC didn't do that. Damn, damn sure Connor didn't do that. I mean. I mean, she's gonna she's gonna make history if she knocks knocks Felicia Spencer out. It's gonna be crazy. They're gonna go crazy over it. I don't think they're gonna go crazy, but we will. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! As hardcores, we're damn sure gonna go crazy. <laughs> oh shit, man! I can't wait to see where this ends up on the Fight Pick Championship. I know we're gonna do great. I'm gonna get in first place. You're gonna come in second place. We're gonna show these motherfuckers up. Fuck Alpha, fuck Cheney, and fuck everybody else below us. E, you better slow your roll with those 105, pa- 105 point picks. You need to slow that shit down. Go back down to zero. We liked you better there. <laughs> We're going to take <laughs> these 100, 100 points and uh, apply them to our scores and just move on up, man. We're going to keep that belt in house like it should. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh, you damn right, I hope. <laughs> Shit, man. Anything you have to get off your chest, man? Uh, no, nah, but other than, like, hey, I've been doing my thing with the streaming every day and stuff. A lot of times it's, like, late night streams. Uh, been hanging out with Chaney. Fucking Emmanuel came through the one time. It was fun, man. I mean, it's good seeing a lot of new faces. So thank mm-hmm. you all for coming through. And if you want to check me out, it's twitch.tv slash MMA underscore marks. Hell yeah, man. And you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, all that shit, you know, MMA underscore Marks. Check us out. MMAMarks.com. Oh, yeah, and MMAMarks.com. I forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get on that. Hell, yeah. We've been doing our thing. I mean, it's all, it's, it's, we're having fun. We're, and check out Ricky, uh, Ricky's Twitch. We've been messing with that. It's, uh, twitch.tv slash... Ricky underscore MMA. Ricky underscore MMA. That's right. All right. Well, we gave our shout outs and check out the Fight Pick Championship. Man, this is it's coming off to the wire. Uh, July, the first week, July, International Fight Week is going to be the last thing. Whoever comes out on top gets a beautiful custom made uh, championship belt. Can't wait to see who comes out on top. Uh, with all that being said, I'm Ricky. I'm Buddy. We're out of here. See ya. See ya.